episode of Force Proximity. We're a husband and wife team that read romance books and watch romance movies. I'm romance reader Jonathan, and with me is my wife, romance writer, Megan. This week, our movie episode features Crazy Stupid Love, which boasts an all-star cast, including Steve Carell, Julianne Moore, Emma Stone, and of course, Ryan Gosling. And Kevin Bacon. And Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and Marissa Tomei. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Forgot. Uh, we still have our challenge to get Force Proximity 100 ratings by July 4th. All you have to do is give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast, And just help us out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can also ask us questions in the review section of Apple Podcasts or DM us on Instagram at Force Proximity Podcast. So, Crazy Stupid Love is a movie we'd never seen, and I feel like we should have. Yeah. it's. I think it's in like my top tier category of movies that I like. Really? Yeah. I like it a lot. I liked it a lot. So, it is, I mean, it's kind of old. It's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So. Some well, of it seems 10 years old, and then some of it doesn't well let me read a a synopsis on imdb about uh okay what it's basically what it covers so Mm -hmm. cal and emily steve krill and julian moore have been married for over 20 years but when cal learns that emily had an affair he moves out he would then go to a bar and whine about what happened jacob a regular at said bar upon hearing his woes offers him help by giving him a makeover and teaching him how to be a player. It isn't long before he's picking up someone frequently at bars. Mm-hmm. But eventually he realizes he's still in love with Emily and wishes he could go back to his old life. At the same time, his son is nursing a crush on his babysitter. And it's unrequited love. <laughs> and even Jacob gets a new, Jacob being Ryan Gosling, Mm -hmm. gets a new outlook when he starts to feel something about a girl he tried to pick up earlier. But she turned him down because she already had a boyfriend who was Josh Groban. (laughs) So that's basically a quick sum up of that movie. Mm -hmm. But this movie had everything. It was a rom-com, a buddy movie, and another rom-com. It was like two rom-coms, a buddy movie, had two dark nights, of dark souls of the night. Yeah. Well, I think there was just one, but the that first the one- The first one was, was bad. I know. And yet it got worse. And it got worse. That was amazing. That's, I mean, I think that that's the mark of a really, you know, a really decent movie that's doing something- unique is like when you think it's at its like lowest point and it's like all right well here's the hold my beer here's yeah here's the dark night like but no we get we get even lower yeah Yeah. so the first do you want to go tell them what the first dark night was well i think we need to talk about the movie in general first yeah like talk about the whole thing before we get to the eighty percent mark. No, or it wasn't even the six, the seventy percent mark. Was it? I thought it was way earlier than that. Sixty. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> um. So it op- how does it open up? It opens up with Julianne Moore's character asking Steve Carell to get a divorce. Yeah. And. They're out to dinner, and he's really, like, boring. His khakis are a size too big. Yeah. He's wearing an oversized shirt, oversized jacket, and he's new wearing balance New Balance. Sneakers. The Like, the white New Balance sneakers you get issued when you leave the hospital with your first kid. <laughs> that I would never got. I never got my New Balance sneakers. Yeah. Only teenagers wear them now. <laughs> <laughs> like e-girls they like their but his his reaction old man sneakers his reaction when she asked for divorce is just he went catatonic yeah and then 
she said that not only does she want a divorce, she had an affair. And then he proceeded to jump out of the car while the it was moving. moving. Car. He, that was great. He just sort of like opened the door and, and rolled, rolled out. out. Um. Yeah, and I I like that there were there was humor in that moment, like not just the rolling out of the car. That was humorous, but at the same time, like. When she, when Julianne Moore was, you know, laying everything out on the line, she's, she's like, are you going to say something? Cause I'm just going to keep talking. Cause that's what I do when I'm nervous. So she just keeps talking and talking and digging her grave deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper. He's like, I'll just sign whatever you want to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> so then you see him going out to bars. Well, well no, then it cuts away to their house Mm -hmm. and it sets up the 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 son and babysitter love interest oh yeah where she walked in on this him in his room masturbating doing what 13 year old boys do to picture of her no he was thinking of her oh thinking of her no i thought Mm -mm. i thought he said i have a picture that i look at every time no okay he said i picture you every time oh okay uh, yeah. So instead of then he goes, he says, "I'm sorry, you have to see that." And then just he lays it all out in line that he loves her and he's she's the love of his life. And yeah, just creeps her out mm-hmm. and continues to pursue her and embarrass her in school. And it, she's 17 and he's 13. Yeah. So it, it, at that age, it doesn't work. No, it'll work later. It'll work later. It and can in work the end, in 10 years. In the end, he says that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that then was great. I liked the that. babysitter has a crush on Steve Carell. Yeah, and that's not. I, I guess it is kind There's of a, a big lot part of cross contamination. Yeah. Of, these, of the love stories in this, and I love, I love that. So you, and and you're following, and then you cut to like Emma Stone, or you cut to no before we meet. We see Jacob in the bar first, don't we? No. No, no, no. We see this before Steve Carell goes to the bar. Before he goes to the bar, yes. Yeah. But we don't see him before the divorce part. Okay, right. Well, anyway, we see we see Jacob try to hit on Emma Stone at the bar, and he comes up to her all suave, and like you know everything he says is just... Like, it might not be a line, but the... The fact that he is so comfortable. It's a game plan. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he it, says, it comes, I've been. It, it, it carves from like the art of the pickup stuff. All right. The well, art of I, seduction. I think you can not be a trickster like that. I think he's a bit of a trickster. I don't know. See, this is this is the hard part. The things that he's saying that are a line for him and a way to just get in a woman's pants are are really abhorrent because he actually seems like he's gonna care. So it makes it even worse. Like he he comes up to a woman and starts talking and he wants to know about her, which yeah, that's a great trick for getting laid. Um because women think you actually want to know them. So it's like it's like even worse. If you come up and say something stupid like did it hurt when you fell from heaven or whatever, like that's even like we don't have any sympathy for that guy. No. But the guy that actually wants to, you know, you know, use information based on the woman's interests and likes and job that's that is devious. Yes, and we see his and deviousness. He's very good at it. And I, we're very happy Emma Stone turns him away because because she's a lawyer and her friend is like thinks she's a goody two shoes and she's dating the boring guy and. So we just know that she's too good for, you know, to be picked up by a player. Correct. Correct. 
and she just she dissects everything he's saying and just shuts it down. Yeah. And then just leaves. Yes. So you think I I don't know, I thought they were going to be a big deal. Like their relationship was going to be a big deal. It was this, not. I thought that was what the the movie was about. And then she left and they're not on screen together for like 30% of the movie. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, I guess they were just a blip, like they're just a publicity still. Um, but then they come back into play later. They do, and it's great. Yeah, excellent. Um, so basically, the the premise of the movie is uh, Steve Carell is you know the down on his luck guy who needs a glow up. <laughs> <laughs> Which we get. I love a glow up. Oh, that was oh man, and that was a really good one because it was Excellent. like you know it's so funny. Queer eye for this, qu- like queer eye, <laughs> as it's now called. Um, but with yeah, with Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell, which is hilarious. Um, oh man, he had the Velcro wallet. <laughs> and Ryan Gosling for such perfect effect. And Ryan Gosling was just staring at him like. <laughs> And slapping his face. <laughs> I love the part when he opens the Velcro wallet right in Ryan Gosling's face. Yeah. <laughs> and and I love that they don't even say Velcro wallet. Like, so it's it's time to pay for the suit or whatever is the first outfit that Ryan Gosling picks out for Steve Carell. And he opens the wallet and you just hear... And Ryan Gosling is just like shaking just his head. Just staring at him. <laughs> so the next place they go. Uh, so Steve Carell's opening the wallet just like right in, in Ryan Gosling's ear to just, you know. <laughs> Where's your wallets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who like. At what age is that not okay? Hank 18. has a Velcro wallet. 18. No, I'm going to say before that. 16? F- sure. Before 18. High school, you should have a leather wallet. Um, yeah, I guess. I didn't carry a wallet. Honestly, I didn't carry a wallet till like my senior, junior year of high school. Yeah. I didn't carry a purse until... After college. Yeah. I Because I had a backpack. I went to school. No mm-hmm. keys. No cell phone. No wallet. You didn't have... You didn't have keys? Uh-uh. How did you get in your house? I didn't go home. I went to my grandmother's house. Well, you know, not when you're in high school. Yeah. Oh. I was a latchkey kid when I was in middle school. I went to my grandparents' house until we had sixth dinner. Grade. We had dinner there most nights. Oh yeah. Well, I had a key sometimes. I could not be trusted with a key though. Yeah. Now it would have gotten lost. Now let me leave the house without one of those three things, and I freak out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> just, just walk. I mean, if I'm going for a walk around the block. Yeah. I just have my cell phone. Yeah, I don't bring keys on a on a walk or my wallet. Oh no! I no, should no. though during the summer in case there's like ice cream truck or something rolls up for Hank. Yeah, but I feel like the more you carry your wallet, especially if it's in like a loose baggy, you know, the more chance you have to lose it. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just not a Velcro wallet. <laughs> Is coming around back on to circle back hank has a velcro wallet and that is age appropriate yeah he's six yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway i really liked that part and then um uh, where were we going from there so the glow up happens the the glow up happens and he's taking him out to all these bars or maybe no they go back to the same bar and he just he, Steve Carell just is his wingman, and yeah, he shows he shows him how to flirt. Yeah, 
And, and I, I think everybody needs that. I wish everybody had, you know, a fairy godfather like Ryan Gosling. Not so that they can be like a dick to the opposite sex, but just like you need somebody to show you how this happens. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why men make such bad choices picking up women. And they either can't get laid or they're, they become players like, or they pick the wrong women or, I mean, I think everybody, this is not, it's not a bad thing. Like wingmen aren't bad and I don't know. But you can see also, you can see the age of this movie in the picking up. How so? Like, I, I don't know (laughs) that you can pick up. No, no, I'm going somewhere else. I don't know. Oh, that you you can, say, I don't know. It just does. <laughs> you can pick. I don't know that you can show picking up women like that now. Because it because the whole idea of picking up women and tricking them into going back with you and having sex. That's it, like this movie. I feel like it shows the starting point of women being depicted in the media as enjoying sex just as much as men because he wasn't tricking them really no he wasn't like oh let's go back to my apartment and listen to my lps no he was saying you want to go back to my apartment for sex yeah and it was an enthusiastic yes every time right and we we like that (laughs) at the same time there is a bit of trickery still involved but I wonder, you know, how much in real life you can't just walk up to people and say, you know, do you want to have sex with me? I like, don't. I'm writing a book about. That I don't because know. The woman actually says we've like, been married for ten years. I don't know. What I goes know, on now. and the world has changed. <laughs> so it could still be like that. We don't know. I but I feel like that would be. But see, I like transactional sex, like it theoret- theoretical theoretically theoretically <laughs> transactional sex not, i like the idea for you. of no not in practice <laughs> you better not <laughs> and it, i mean i'm not saying necessarily like a payment or no, a monetary but... transaction but you know you offer this uh, i i don't i don't know i think people I need to like think about this, spend more time in my head about this before I just make a blatant statement. But yeah, I mean, how much trickery has to be involved until you do the invitation? Because if you just do the come right out with the invitation, of course, a woman's not going to be like given her enthusiastic consent. But at the same time, like, so then you you trick them for another 10 minutes. Yeah, I don't know how it works. Like pretend that you care about them for another 10 minutes so that then you can you can do the ask and gain gain that enthusiastic consent. I wish women just could just, you know. So is it like, more like relationship building first before sex happens, which But if you're if you're not in it for the relationship, then why build why build one? Well, I'm sure there's. Why even start? I'm sure there's men and women who are both not in it for a relationship, and they find each other, and it works. Hey, listeners, right. if you just, are I'm in the situation saying... <laughs> that you are single nowadays, and you go out, leave us a uh, uh, message. Message us on uh, Instagram. DM us on Instagram and tell us how it works. Well, you know what? This whole situation is avoided because there's this, you know, there's apps for this, which is exactly what I am saying. There there should be something where you can just have transactional sex. There's an app for that. Uh, Yeah. It's called what? Grinder or something. That's for gay guys. Okay. The, the, but it's it still is. Okay, but that's one of them. But well, there's I don't know, another one. I don't know if that's just for sex or just for like Tinder. But I'm sure Tinder has oh, like Tinder, a s- Tinder same sex. Tinder is not gay? No, Tinder is everybody. Okay. I'm sure is, there is that, like no, same No, Tinder is just for sex. I think everybody knows that. That's pretty commonplace. Is it? Yeah. I don't, we were I married think. before the apps happened. I know. <laughs> But I think Tinder, well, maybe that's a city thing. Maybe out here in the country, 
or in the, you know, the suburbs, people do use Tinder for dates. But I thought it was just like a hookup thing. I don't know. I think you can mark on your profile, like, are you there for hookups or are you there for, but whatever. Well, then Um, that's what you're, that's what you are alluding to as a good thing. Yes. I think it's more honest because if you're just going, if you're going to have sex with somebody, all that really matters is like your physical attraction. What's the point in, you know, pretending to care about somebody for a certain amount of time, buying them drinks to then ask, shouldn't the ask happen, you know, immediately? Just get out of the way. Yeah. That seems like, well... Fair for everybody? Yeah. Yeah. But this is the tail end of that. This is before mm-hmm. the Tinder. This is when women were starting to be depicted in the media as being equal participants in just, you know, going back to an apartment for sex and being okay with that. Because before this, they were like, you know, you invite the woman back to your apartment on the premise that you're going to call the next day, blah, blah, blah. She's going to get like the Marissa Tomei character. Mm -hmm. She's going to get her heart broken because she thinks after this great sex you're gonna um and you know because her oxytocin is releasing and so she feels that bond if she's had an orgasm so she thinks you felt that bond too Mm -hmm. but that doesn't happen for guys no and they're just tricking you anyway so and he did trick her steve carell i don't think he tricked her i think he was pretty clear Uh, of course he was being honest the entire time she thought well, it that's was what foreplay. She was, that's what she was getting off on, his honesty. Right. Which she misunderstood. Or she thought, you know, it's like the the fever pitch kind of thing. Like, I thought your your love of the Red Sox would then, like, you know, so transfer who, to me eventually. Who is that on? Oh, that's on her. That's on her. Okay. Yeah. He was, you know, you need to take people at their word. And um, she had she had ulterior motives, or she just got caught up in it. She got she got caught up in it. Yeah. So she got caught up in it, and that led to the first Dark Soul of the Night, Dark Night of the Soul. Yes, the teacher conference. So she was a teacher, and she went five years at Oxford. Was, oh, yeah, and now she's sober, but that I don't know. I think doesn't matter. She was an alcoholic, and now she's sober. So they. They so the go to son, a parent. The son gets shot down by the babysitter. the woman that he likes, the babysitter, and he does this whole thing. His class is reading the Scarlet Letter, and he stands up in front of his eighth grade class and says, "The A is for asshole," and and then gives a like, very like a very good speech on why everyone's an asshole who falls in love. Yeah. Uh, and, and so the teacher's like, it was very spirited, but you're suspended. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Um, and then the teachers, the teacher has to, the, so she calls a teacher conference. And who is the teacher? Marissa, Marissa Tomei. Tomei. And the parents are, you know, Steve Carell and Julianne Moore. And this is right after Steve Carell has been, you know, he's been using that bag of tricks that Ryan Gosling has shown him mm-hmm. to good effect. Like he went from having one sexual partner to nine. Yeah. <laughs> so they have been working and he's been... um yeah, he's been busy, but he is starting to slow down. He's starting to feel like the emptiness that that kind of life brings. And he really misses his wife. He wasn't he didn't want to get divorced to begin with. He just needed some time away mm-hmm. and to process. And they were together since since high school. Mm-hmm. And you find out that they had a child when they were 17 yeah. So they had to get, they didn't, you don't have to, but they, they felt that they had they to, they felt that they had to be married right away. And, and for the most part, their marriage was good. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Cause um, they believe they were soulmates. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, so they're starting to, you can see, what is it called when divorced couples or broke up couples, they start to reconciliate. Reconcile. Reconcile. There it is. <laughs> Conversate. 
outside of the classroom mm-hmm. and you think, oh, okay. So they both say that they missed the other person. Yes. So I was like, oh, is this going to like, yeah, we're going to have a resolution this early and then the movie's going to take another turn some other direction? Yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> so the teacher opens the door and it's Marissa Tomei and he's like, oh, no, the hell it isn't. <laughs> which is great i love i love the humor in it um because it really dissolves the tension Mm -hmm. like it makes these points i think more poignant because they're 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 really honest and it would be sappy if it was just you know they fall in love here and then if he just maybe rolled his eyes at marissa tomei's presence it would turn into this sappy moment. We already have enough sappy movies. We don't need any more. And but this is, you know, it uses the humor to, I don't know, to create this kind of like really, I don't know, like a bitterness. And it, the, I thought the humor, mm-hmm. like, uh, it made scenes that should be really cringy, not cringy. Yeah. Like this was total Michael Scott cringe <laughs> setup, and they never work. They you could feel it, but it was not. You didn't cringe at it, right? And which yeah. I appreciate because I hate cringing at stuff. Yeah, I feel there's episodes I, of shows I, I can't watch because of the cringe level. Yes. Um. Yeah. <sighs> I think cringe is generally like it's a form of like humor that it's like low hanging fruit. I yes, that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, and I, like I write a lot of cringy stuff, and I have to really try hard not to rely on the cringe, the cringe. It's factor. okay, like yeah, it, no, sometimes in. yeah, exactly, sprinkled in. But when you're you're overly reliant on it, and you like lean on that for your only source of humor. I don't know. Like it's Borat. just something you need to. Yeah. Borat is just all cringe. Right. And once you've seen it, you've seen it. Yeah. It's it doesn't have like a lasting impact. I No. Think. Well, some people it does. Not for me. No, no, no. I'm not saying of course there are people who are going to. There are parts of the original Borat. Sorry, I'm so yawning. <laughs> there are parts of the original Borat that I still find hilarious. Yeah, of course. And it's, but they're the non-cringy parts. Like, <laughs> what is this? Is this cheese? Oh, I thought that was super cringy. Oh, I loved that part. I thought it was, I, I felt thought that was so funny. bad for that guy. Oh, no. The cringy parts I've forgotten. Um, okay, so yeah, the Marissa Tomei part. So they have a huge blow up. In the classroom, spills out to the hallway. Everyone's in their business now. If this was an 80s movie, there would be like saxophone, sad saxophone, like lacing them. And, yeah. And it was raining and he's just standing out in the rain. And at the same time, there's a um, Emma Stone passes her bar exam. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge party at a Mexican restaurant. And Josh Groban, her boyfriend, had a huge announcement. Mm-hmm. And she a uh, huge she, thing to ask her. Yes, and naturally she thought he was going to propose because she thought it was about that time in their relationship, and yeah, they're both going to be lawyers. He offers her a job at the law firm, and she said, "Oh, I thought you were going to propose." And he breaks up with her well, to reassess, uh, yeah, how he felt about their relationship. Yeah. So she, she's, uh, you're breaking up with me? No, no, no. She. No, he he doesn't break up with her. He's just <laughs> saying like, "Oh, I didn't think we were there." Yet, no, he broke and up with her. I think we need to reevaluate. Yeah, that's a breakup. Uh, no, I thought he was just telling her. I think we should. Like you can do that and still date. I think. Uh, it's weird now. Well, yes, that's, I agree. You're broken up. It's no, it's I definitely think it's weird. But I think she did. And she thought it was weird and left and broke up, like officially ended things. Yeah. I think the official ender was her. Yeah. Yeah. And rightfully so. Yes. So she runs out into the same rainstorm, (laughs) runs to the bar, finds Ryan Gosling. She goes, you. Hey, you. (laughs) 
You want to have sex with me? <laughs> Good for her. He goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they go back, and this might have been my favorite, one of my favorite parts of this movie. Yes, this is so when, different. When they're at the house... <laughs> And she and they're like talking before sex, and it's like the weirdest foreplay conversation. Well, and she's like, "Take your shirt off," yeah. <laughs> and he's not into it. And he takes his shirt off. She's like, "What the fuck? You look like that. <laughs> you look like you're photoshopped." <laughs> he goes, "Well, take yours off." She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Isn't there a place with dim lighting anywhere?" <laughs> The way she's like, no. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that she uses, she's like, okay, this is a weird situation. Maybe you should just take your clothes off. Yeah. And then he gets that far and she's like, oh, this is even weirder. Yeah. Like, and then she, then she's like, run down your play by play on how you're going to do this. Yeah. Like, g- take me through your steps of how you're going to sleep with me. Yeah. He's like, oh, do I have to? She's like, yes, you have to. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm going to put on the song from Dirty Dancing and tell you I can do the move at the end. <laughs> and then I'll do the move and then you'll sleep with me. She goes, that's ridiculous. He goes, I know, but it works. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he goes, I agree. It, it is. <laughs> but it works every time. Yeah. And then they do it. And it worked. They do the move and it worked. Yeah. She jumps into his arms. He holds her. He's holding her up there. And you know what we're going to have to watch next, right? Yeah. 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 Um, he was holding her up there and she's like totally falling for it. Yeah. And it's great. And then they get back to the room. No, no, no. So I was just reading. No, no. Time oh, okay. out. Time out in the movie world. I was just reading an article about this movie before we started recording this is from Ryan Gosling's own life. He did the move. Like, that is his girls? pickup line. Yes. Oh, my God. And then he told the producers about this, and they're like, we've got to put that in the movie. Well, it was great. It was one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> I know. So, good on you, Ryan Gosling. I know. I, I thought I was going to hate it, too, because I hate Dirty Dancing. Um, and I think the move is stupid. But the fact that he's like, but the fact I that agree, it's stupid. I know. I loved that. <laughs> I just liked, love how candid they were with each other. Yes. And you could yeah, see when like. When they go back to his bed, he, she's like laying there on her back and she has her head on the pillow. She's like, he's kissing her and they're like about to, st- like, they're like flirting and doing their foreplay. And she's like, is this one of those foam pillows one from of the, Brookstone? Yeah. One of those my pillows. from minnesota uh and he's answering her questions and not really getting annoyed yeah and then she goes you don't have one of those massage chairs do you he goes no yes (laughs) really i don't but i do (laughs) so they start kissing and it cuts to the scene of them in the garage (laughs) like she's just like they just wrapped her up in a sheet she's just sitting there awkwardly in the massage chair, he's standing above her with the control, and they're just, like, looking at each other. She's like, I don't like this. He's like, yeah, that's why it's in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really great. Like That whole scene was great. And then yeah. they started talking, and she got him to open up. He, a- he, he asked, asked her yeah, that was to great. ask him a personal question. So she asked about his parents. Yeah. And he said... How much, like he said everything good about his mom, how much he loved her, and then how she isn't that great. (laughs) Yeah. And then she asked about his dad, and his dad died. And when he was describing his dad, he basically described Steve Carell. Yeah. So now you understand why he offered to help Steve Carell, because he reminded him of his dad. Yeah. So I think... That was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Of why you saw why he was so nice to him. Well, he yeah. wasn't really nice to him, but <laughs> why he Why him. he was so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. He was playing that fairy godfather role. And then they had... Because how many guys at, at the bar has oh. he seen like that? Yeah. Probably a gazillion. And, but Steve Carell was the one he decided, I need to help this guy. Well, he was 
crying for it, basically. Yeah. So their relationship, like, turns out to be, like, awesome relationship. Yeah. Like, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, like, they become friends. Yeah. Like, that night, they're, and you can see it immediately because they're just so open with each other. Mm -hmm. And their relationship in the movie never got rocky. I know. I love that. Thank you very much. That was, I needed that fluff. Yeah. Because the other one was so rocky. If yeah. they both were, I, it would have been too much. Yeah. Yeah. But theirs was nice and fluffy and you didn't have to worry about it. Just... Yeah. And I mean, there's there are a few things better in romance than a reformed player. Like that you can really trust that they're yeah. fully reformed. Yeah. And he was. And he was. Yeah. Like he's been searching for her his whole life, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is that what that means? I think we're going to see that in St. Vincent, which is the third, our third Lisa Claypus book. Okay. We're like getting ready to read the, the, no, we're getting ready to read the third. The fourth one, we're getting ready to read the second one. And the third one is, is with St. Vincent or, yeah, Sebastian St. Vincent. And, uh, He's very much the Ryan Gosling character, that reformed rogue. Okay. Rake. Okay. The player. So I think, yeah. This is Shades of St. Vincent for those of you who really like that character. All right. Um, So that's their relationship. Yeah. Then you, let's get back to Carell and Moore here. Okay. They, uh, Julianne Moore actually like is comes to terms with him sleeping with all those women <laughs> yeah. basically like well i cheated on you so we're right. even right so there they he tries to fix things by with a grand gesture of like creating a miniature golf course in the backyard which and, is something that they used to do yeah. together and he he tried really hard yeah he got his kids involved yeah they were there helping him. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the babysitter who has a crush on him took nude pictures of herself. <laughs> Intending to send them. To send to them him. to blackmail him to have sex with her is what she was trying to do. It was? Yes. I thought she was just that's trying the, to get him. That's what the girl at school told her to do. Oh, I thought she was just trying to get him like no. into her. No. Well, yeah. Okay. But she didn't do it because she's a good kid. Well, she didn't send them or she didn't give them to him yet. She, I don't think she was, was going to. Yeah, maybe. But her mom found them in her drawer, putting yeah. her clothes away, showed the dad. The dad went over and proceeded to like try to kill Steve Krell. But Steve Steve Krell had been trying to contact um, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Because like, what do I do now? Like my... I have the situation. My wife and I are kind of reconciling here. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get in contact with him. And he finally does. And Jacob, Ryan Gosling, is telling Steve Crow, hey, I met a girl. It's kind of serious. I think I need your advice. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go meet her mom. Yeah. So while the babysitter's, while the babysitter's uh, dad is there to trying to still kill Steve Carell, <laughs> No, before he gets there, yeah. Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling walk in, and Emma Stone- and it's like a surprise. Yes, is this their is, daughter. Yeah, and is, it was great. But then it created another tension between Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling. Yes, because Steve Carell knows all about Ryan Gosling's playerness. And hasn't and, been around to see him be reformed. Right. And we get to see this, you know, the daddy-daughter purity ring kind of nonsense going on here. (laughs) And then who else comes to the party is Kevin Bacon, the guy who Julianne Moore cheated on him with. Yeah. And the best part was, the best part was, Steve Carell didn't punch Kevin Bacon. Ryan Gosling punched Kevin Bacon. (laughs) So for all... sleeping with Steve Carell's wife. Yes. Yes. So that's how much Ryan Gosling loved Steve Carell. Yeah. Like he punched somebody else he'd never met. Yeah. Kevin for... or what is it? David David 
Hagen Pfeiffer. I don't know, something, yeah, something German. Something Hagen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so all four guys are fighting on the ground now, and the police come and break it up. And oh my gosh, that was that was really funny. At the same time, not. Well, it was a it was a funny dark night. Yes. Which was I've never seen before. I don't think. No. So this movie's this movie's doing something different. Then um, Steve Carell just had enough, and he told he told Kevin Bacon, "She's all yours." Ugh. Yeah. That was awful. Yeah. And Kevin Bacon's like, "Well, now I don't." <laughs> I was like, "Fantastic," and he was done with her now yeah. too. So, and the son actually gives the dad advice. Mm-hmm. made him think and like he was done with his dad at that point oh man it was good yeah and then the grand gesture at the end at the eighth grade graduation the son's a salutatorian he's given a, a really depressing speech about speech love. about how love is bullshit yeah and then steve carell like steals the mic and does his grand gesture and wins everybody back yeah and that was it oh the other, my other favorite part is mm-hmm. when the the son is talking to the babysitter. Yeah. He's like, you think my dad's hot? I'm going to look like him in a few years, so I'll just come back for you then. I know. <laughs> and she gives him the nude fi- pictures. Yeah. She goes, well, till then, here you go. Yeah. I liked that. <laughs> She's like, somebody's going to appreciate these. Yep. <laughs> All right. So what worked and what didn't work for you in this movie? Uh, something didn't work and I can't remember what it is now and I think it was just something little and stupid um I don't know I th- well I, okay I'll talk about what didn't work as um the whole my daughter is a princess and you can't date her kind of thing I just don't like that that is very cringy yeah, to me you've never liked that I know. I I will never like that. I mean, I don't I don't like it when dads think that their daughters are just these like precious little virginal things that you have to protect and and keep from, you know, keep them from reaching their own sexual identity. Like very I patriarchal. Think yeah. <laughs> I hate it. And there was shades of that. You know, I don't mind it so much with the babysitter because she's 17 and in love with a 40-something-year-old man. You do need to protect to that. That is way different. Yeah. But when they're both of age to be in a relationship, you have to let your daughter make her own decisions. Exactly. And when you're, you know, when you're at least like age compatible, you're not in two different life stages. Like, I understand even, like, warning your child away from somebody. Like, this might not work work out how you want. But people aren't going to learn until they actually make the mistakes. Yeah, I didn't like that part either. And I didn't like that he kicked her out of the house that she doesn't live in. What? He said, get out of this house. Get out of my house. He said that to his daughter? Yeah. Oh, And she said, I'm not breaking up with him. So, get out of my house. Oh. He's like, well, I don't live here. So, Okay. (laughs) Like, that doesn't work once your kid is independent. Right. Then you're just driving a wedge. Yeah. You know what I was thinking after I that? I think that was the point, though. Like, I was thinking, um, how many families are screwed up because of stuff like this? And they don't come back together again with because, you know, we don't have a script writer. Yeah. Because because somebody might be too you know, shy or, or prideful to make a grand gesture. And that's how you get, I was think like, his, uh, Steve Carell's son cared so much about him and really, you know, really loved his dad. Like, how many times do we just think nothing of our parents? Like, they're just, they're just inconsequential. Um, and it's probably because of something, you know, this is how it happened. And watching this movie, it's like watching this situation that all families, like, all families go through some crap, some, mm-hmm. like, 
And if it's not healed, it just is like this like festering wound. And and if you're um if you're mature, you don't, you know, you can personally get past it, but your relationship isn't going to heal. And I was thinking about that when the when the boy um the son is walking himself home from school rather than getting a ride with his dad. Like this is the point. This is the point where you stop caring about your parents. Mm-hmm. Like and your parents just become people. Right. Or, or even less than that. Well, in some cases, Steve Carell was lucky to have a, a social circle of one other person that is willing to tell him you're messing up. Yeah. You need to fix this. Yeah. It's like, my son doesn't want to see me. He's like, your son worships you. (laughs) Yeah. And you need to make it right. But how many men wouldn't listen to that? I think a lot. A lot more wouldn't. Um, Or just like, yeah, whatever. And they don't, you know, they don't do their grand gesture because of it. Yeah. But I think a lot would too. You just need that. You need your... (sighs) You, I think you do need friends to tell you things like that. I agree. Yeah. So the patriarchy. The patriarchy didn't work down with the patriarchy. Right. Um, what works is I really liked um, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. The relationship? Yeah. yeah, me too. And I was thinking I was going to hate it. It was just so unique for a movie. It's not unique for real life. They I think both it's... did great. Yeah. They both did great. Yeah. Um, What worked for me? I, I liked the buddy aspect. Yeah, I like that too. It was, this This movie is for, for, for both people in the relationship. <laughs> for the guy and the girl. You got the rom-com for the, the girl. Yeah. And the buddy... I mean, it's not like stepbrothers buddy level, but a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, think about, you know, in every rom-com, there are buddy scenes. There are. Usually the buddies are ridiculous. Like, look at um, what happens in Vegas. Yeah. You have the main romance, and then you have the buddy scenes. The buddies are so, like, his three friends, it was the three of them? Yeah, it was. It was Rob Corddry. Rob Corddry, Zach Galifianakis. And some other guy. Yeah. Um, but they were they were larger they were not realistic people. No. It, this is like, you know, you take that rom com the rom comness and then the buddy scenes are sort of exploded into their own mm-hmm. uh their own plot. And I don't even know what's the subplot and what's the main plot. I guess the main plot is the divorced couple. But it's I don't know. But it seems to be equally the buddy comedy. Yeah. And then the subplot would be Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone's relationship. Yeah. But only by a little bit. You have an A and a B and a C plot. <laughs> That's what worked for me. The plotting? Yeah. Well, the writer of this is known as the, I'm going to pull this quote up, the M. Night Frank Capra. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank Capra did all the the movies that I love from the 30s with Jimmy Stewart in them. Uh-huh. Um and then M Night Shyamalan because he said he's known for he laid the groundwork for those unexpected domestic rug pull moments in this yeah. film. Um this he's also the writer of um This is Us. And Of what? I'm sorry. This is Us. Oh, he is. Which is um Oh, this movie's better than that show. No, it is. I, I totally agree. But you can see how um This is Us has it's all about the rug pull moment. The whole premise of the and thing I, is And I think that's it's too long. What? The show. It's um it's okay. If it was the one season it would have been equal with this movie, but just because it's so long. But shows get get better, and then they get worse, and they get better, and they get worse. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's just how modern TV is. 
Yeah, it's true. Like ev- you, a couple of, um, I think it depends on who exactly is at the writer's table for that episode. And you can take more liberties in a movie. Oh, he also wrote the Disney Pixar film Cars. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a really good movie, too. It is. I was just listening is, to a podcast that says, like, if you want to study story structure, study Pixar films. There's a rug pull there, too, with uh, Doc Hudson. Yes. Yeah. So I should be studying Dan Fogelman. Yeah. His writing for rug pull moments. All right. So my favorite part I already said. What was your favorite part? Uh, the Ryan Gosling part or the glow up. The Either glow one. Up. Yeah. I love a glow up. All right, this is a tar- a hard one. Okay. Who was your favorite character? Oh my gosh. It was this is I think the cast is my favorite. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. Like the the son was awesome. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling was awesome. Steve Carell was I mean Steve Carell was the straight man. Yeah. I love it when he's the straight man. I know, but I cuz I like straight man humor. Ryan Gosling as like the jokester carrying the movie. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah, I didn't know he... I still see him in American History X. And I can't picture... Who was he in that? He was... I've only seen that movie once. That's all I... No, no, I, no. It wasn't American History X. It was the other one where he was a skinhead, but he was like not really a skinhead. The Place Between the Pines? No. It was way... He was like... 18 in this or in his early 20s oh i don't know he was actually jewish huge spoiler alert so don't watch this movie but it's a good thing i can't even remember you don't the know title. the title of the na- the movie yeah he is like undercover i think of remember the titans he's an undercover skinhead but in reality he wasn't he on the nanny or he finds out he was jewish something something about it but he's a like a piece of crap through the whole movie and then at the end, he's Jewish and he has to like save the synagogue that his people are trying to explode. Something like that. I don't know. I don't think he was on the nanny. Ugh. Um, He wasn't the little boy. He wasn't? No, that was somebody else. Oh, okay. Um, I, I didn't realize this is the, the Ryan Gosling... I think the Ryan Gosling that has become a f- um one of those huge romance um what do you call him like I don't see him as a heartthrob but I can kind of see it from this movie and now that I've seen this movie I'm like oh okay now I understand why he's a heartthrob but he was in you know they talk about Ryan Gosling I'm like Ryan Gosling oh he was also in the Notebook too yeah. But I didn't like that. We'll watch that for the podcast. I've never I'll seen give it. Another Is chance. that Rachel McAdams? Yeah. It's it's fine. It's it's too sappy for me. I don't like He was on Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> okay. Well Yeah, I think of Remember the Titans. Well, he this movie inspired all those Hey Girl memes. I didn't realize that. This is the movie that I like just, you know, somehow somehow like flew under my radar. Was it the believer what you're thinking of? Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah. But I already pulled that pulled the rug out from you. Oh, so do, so do I, that doesn't bother me. Well, it's a big rug pull movie. Like it is all about the big reveal that he's Jewish. Because you think you hate him for being this skinhead neo-Nazi. And at and the he's end, not. I, I don't know if he like finds out that he's Jewish or if he was Jewish the whole time and he was working undercover to like undermine this neo-Nazi band. Mm. Um, but yeah, he does some like really bad stuff and like really like it's very indoctrinate a lot of people and and apparently we have to watch blade runner 2049 (sighs) okay well it's got dave batista in it so i'm in i like him me too and it's got jared leto he's kind of pretentious didn't you no didn't you say something about him what being was it jared leto 
being like the some he's like replacing some actor as like the the one who can do all the stuff. Was it Jared Little you were saying that? No. It's like the next Daniel Day-Lewis? No. I don't think so. Maybe. Wasn't Jared Leto in Dallas Buyers Club? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's... I like Jared Leto. I don't think I've seen enough of his work. He was good in Dallas Buyers Club. People think he's good in everything. I haven't seen... I don't know. His movies just don't appeal that, that much to me. And I feel like him as a person is just very pretentious. But I mean... Daniel Day-Lewis is kind of the king of that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe I did say that. I just don't know what inspired me to say it at that particular time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not feeling it right now. Okay. Which is, you know, how I talk. All right. So final question. Okay. How did the characters change throughout the story? Holy shit. There's yeah. a lot in this one. This is a one. I don't know if we can answer this one in time. Okay. Like there's a lot to unpack. Well, Ryan Gosling, I think, is the major yes. changer because he, went he goes from, a, from player to he went from an alpha to a cinnamon roll. Yes, yeah. This is like the guy that we were watching on TikTok today. Yes, like he was this toxic masculine guy, and then he finally started listening to the women that he claimed to love so much. And he realized, well, this woman, at least, I really like. And so he gives her a chance, and he apparently he likes her even more than we know, because mm-hmm. they're still together. Yeah. Uh, so that's how he changed. Emma Stone. Um, she just grew up a Listened little. to herself. Yeah. Yeah. She just, and she probably, she was dating this bad guy. Like, not bad guy. She was dating the boring guy, but he got her through law school and studying for the bar. Yeah. So, uh, like, yeah, he was kind of inconsequential. I'm she sure didn't she dislike didn't waste, him. Yeah, I'm sure she didn't waste a lot of energy on him. No. They probably had some good Mexican restaurant dates. Yeah. Like, to get her mind off of studying. And, uh, and then when, and then she dropped him, and that's good. Um, Steve Carell realized like he was failing yeah he failed as a husband right and just 25 years of being married and i think that's like his big realization was that he got boring yeah and that's true like he just stopped trying he stopped seeing his his wife as someone that he needed to be sexually attractive for yeah and I think that's something that all of all married people forget. And it's not like, okay, you forget it or your spouse is going to cheat on you. Yeah. I don't think it's... I never think that's when you say, well, you forgot. Like, that's still... That's not a reason to cheat. That's a reason to say, hey, this is how I'm feeling that you're acting. Right. But I think people, if you're not in that self-examining state a lot Mm -hmm. then that will like it will make you think the grass is greener somewhere else yeah yeah it reminded me of uh one of our friends that posts funny memes on instagram a lot yeah mutual friend had one says she thinks she says i don't take her anywhere but i'm pretty sure i took her for granted Exactly. But that's what happened. Exactly. The and minute you wear sloppy khakis into the nice restaurant. And, and New Balance. And New Balance. Well, that's not even like, that's not even appropriate for our, like, what's the, what's our generations, our, our decades equivalent of that? Like, just like. Basketball shorts. Ugh, yeah. Basketball shorts. Tall socks. And slides. And I don't I've feel seen like it. I've in seen a it. fancy place. Oh I, no no no! They would wear like you don't wear that when you're no. when your girlfriend slash wife is in heels. Nobody's that no. bad. But jeans and chucks. 
But that's not that bad. It, that's I mean, not the equivalent. I don't know. I don't know if we have one. We have to, but I don't know. I, I, if we're I, going out to dinner, I'm not wearing anything you didn't buy me. No, I know. <laughs> you don't have clothes I didn't buy you. <laughs> or uh, shoes. Right. Like, I'm not wearing my work sneakers. No. That are dusty and... You would wear your Indian shoes. My moccasins? Right. Not Look. anymore. Because I just replaced them. <laughs> Not anymore. Like you wore them last week. You would have worn them to a restaurant. Yeah. It's not the same. I mean, they're not as ugly as New Balance. You just needed new shoes. Yeah. But there's, yeah. Well, that's how he changed. He had to. You know what the equivalent is? What? Um, Really cheap slacks. That like sit under a belly that what? don't fit right. Oh, and your shirt like tucked in over your belly. Not not you, but this is like <laughs> this is the the dork version of our generation, and like a really cheap button down shirt where like the button placard is just like rippled, and it's like. Ugh. It's like polyester and you're not wearing a tie or in your suit's too big and you don't know anything about tailoring. Yeah. I just like, ugh. Or so, you're like a button down shirt tucked into jeans. Yeah. Not, okay. N like a fancy button down shirt for wearing, like a broadcloth shirt for wearing with suits, mm -hmm. but a cheap version of that, like not actual broadcloth, just <laughs> polyester. <laughs> And like, yeah, tucked into like baggy jeans, like sitting under your belly. Like that is, that's the equivalent. And I feel like that is just super white trash. So it's not. Or super doesn't have, know how to dress. Uh, yeah, but you can like watch TV and know that that's not acceptable. I don't know. I'm thinking of like guys who think they're dressing up, but they're not actually they're dressed not up. They're not actually doing that. Yeah. Well. But those guys wouldn't be with a Julianne Moore. Like they wouldn't be with somebody glamorous. They would be with, you know. Is she glamorous? She's not glamorous like Catherine Zeta-Jones, who's just out of this world. Like <laughs> the definition of glamorous. Right. <laughs> Well, she's with the old guy. Who is who is Hollywood royalty? Also, the definition of male glamour. Who is it? It's Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas. Yeah. Well, hey. She probably gave birth to her kids in heels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, did Julianne Moore change at all? Yeah. I mean, did she have to? She had to see where she went wrong, which I think she, she did, did immediately. Before. I she 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 knew she was wrong even when she said it. Yeah, her change was immediate. Yeah, like hers wasn't. She didn't need to change. Mm mm. No, it sounds she like already... she was a really good wife. Made a huge mistake. Yeah, because she felt so shitty about how her husband was treating her. Yeah. And then immediately regretted that decision. Right. And she went out on a date with Kevin Bacon and was like, nope, I don't know. You're not my husband. I think she would have kept going out with him. But, you know, maybe that's what just what women do. They just, you know. Maybe. Yeah, you're not the one, but I'm just going to, you know, you're nice. <laughs> that's all that matters. Nice person. <laughs> <laughs> that there's a old Family Guy cutaway with Danny DeVito and uh, his wife Carla. Carla. <laughs> he goes, "What's her name?" I'm trying to think. I can't. All I can think of is Carla. Well, he goes, "Will you marry me?" I don't know. He's like, "Oh, it's me or nobody." Sold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that's basically what you're getting at there. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. 
I agree. I'm As you're yawning, I'm yawning sorry. And still have to give Gaia a bath. I do. Well, I have to finish processing the show. <sighs> okay. <laughs> uh, with that, thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> give rem- us a give us a rating. Remember, it doesn't have to be five stars. You can give us four star rating. Well, five stars, the best. And uh, rate us, please. Till next week. Goodbye.